Vibes podcast with your host and registered dietitian, Lauren McCarthy. This podcast was created to bring awareness about gut health and how nutrition has the transformational power to help restore and bring balance to your body. Welcome back. Today's episode, we're going to go over understanding gut dysbiosis and the 5R gut healing protocol. The key topics of discussion for today's episode, we're going to go over what is the microbiome and the microbiota, definition of dysbiosis, the functions of the microbiota, dysbiosis-associated conditions, factors contributing to dysbiosis, particularly focusing on diet changes, example treatments for certain types of dysbiosis, benefits of probiotics and prebiotics, and then finally, we will sum it up with the 5R gut healing protocol. So the microbiota is a composition of approximately 100 trillion microbial cells, and this includes bacteria, fungi, archaea, and viruses. There are a few key roles that the microbiota plays, and those are the breakdown of plant-derived complex carbohydrates, because we do not naturally possess the enzymes to break those down, so that is a key role of our microbiome. They also help to produce organic acids and short-chain fatty acids, specifically propionate, acetate, and butyrate, which I've discussed in previous episodes. Uh, Butyrate is known mainly for its energy source for colon cells. Also, the microbiota is a key player in the maintenance of the gut barrier and protection against pathogens and infections. It helps to synthesize essential vitamins and amino acids, regulate fat metabolism, and key role in immune regulation as well. So dysbiosis is any alteration or change in the microbiome that's caused by a change in composition, uh, metabolic activity, or shift in the distribution of those bacteria. This tends to lead to a a pro-inflammatory response and immune dysregulation. So again, dysbiosis can be any change in like the location of the bacteria, the quantity, and diversity. Associated conditions with dysbiosis are asthma, allergies, autoimmune, celiac, eczema, IBS, mood disorders, mental health, obesity, diabetes, sleep disruption, and inflammatory bowel disease such as ulcerative colitis and Crohn's. A great way to kind of understand your personal gut signature or your microbiota is doing a stool sample analysis. There are some great ones out there. I personally did the one from Vibrant America. Genova has a great one as well. Um, But it really broke down specifically the amounts of each bacterial strain, if there's any parasites, any pathogens, any fungus, any viruses, along with other biomarkers. Um, for inflammation and just like metabolic um, disturbances. So a few key biomarkers I want to touch on today is calprotectin. And if this number is high, uh, usually it's an indication to refer to a GI specialist. Elastase is another key biomarker. And if the value is at around two to 400 Usually we'll just recommend a digestive enzyme to help with nutrient absorption. If it's less than 200, that's another indicator to refer to a GI specialist. And then, of course, like I was saying, butyrate, um, that's an indicator of 
those short chain fatty acids and the measurement of butyrate will show how efficient the breakdown of fiber by bacteria is in the colon and if there's enough energy sources for those colon cells. Typically, if it's low, you just want to increase your fiber intake, take a probiotic, and when you increase fiber or protein, you want to ensure that you're getting enough water intake as well. So some key factors that affect the microbiota are gender, age, ethnicity, and geography. These are ones that you typically can't change because that's how you were born, um, but there are ways that you can alter diet and lifestyle modifications to help influence a very healthy and positive microbiome. Exercise, um, there's a direct link that shows that exercise improves the diversity of the microbial activity in the gut, and it also helps to increase that butyrate production. Your sleep pattern is a major factor in your microbiome. Even the method of birth, so if you're born vaginally versus C-section, um, how you're exposed to certain bacteria and pathogens will influence your microbiome. And then if you're breastfed versus bottle-fed can also um, alter that microbiome as well. And then focusing on diet, since I am a dietitian, so I want to focus more on the nutrition component. Research has shown that the microbiota is rapidly affected by what we eat. And I'm talking about within 24 to 48 hours. So a few diets that are known to negatively impact the microbiota are a low fiber, high fat diet. This tends to increase the circulation of those endotoxins, specifically those lipopolysaccharides, so those LPSs that I've touched on previous episodes. Um, and these will stimulate that inflammatory response. And so a diet very similar to that is the Western diet as well. So that's high in saturated trans fats, high on uh, refined carbohydrates, thinking like fast food, fried food, very easy, convenient packaged foods, very low in grains, very low in fruit and vegetable. So that Western diet um, can also have that negative impact on the microbiota as well. A few that will help influence that healthy microbiome is going to be the Mediterranean diet. These are full of monounsaturated and polyunsaturated fatty acids. Those fiber plant-based foods, they're typically a lower glycemic carbohydrate, so those refined carbohydrates that you find from fruits, vegetables, grains, um, those nuts. It's a great source of polyphenols and antioxidants. Those nutrients are associated with an increase and in three very specific genera of bacteria in the gut, and that's lactobacillus, bifidobacterium, and privotella. And it also will help to decrease clostridium, which is more of that negative bacteria that tends to cause some inflammation. Also, the Mediterranean diet has shown to help promote the formation of those short-chain fatty acids, specifically butyrate, and then lactic acid, which influences the overall gut pH to help resist against pathogens. Looking at the diet, a micronutrient-dense, high-fiber diet with sufficient water and protein has shown beneficial protective effects against dysbiosis. So anytime you're looking at making lifestyle changes, specifically in your diet, kind of think bad bacteria such as uh, yeast, fungus, they love those refined carbohydrates and sugar. So how do we help alleviate that? Well, stop feeding what they love. So get rid of those refined carbohydrates. Get rid of those added sugars. Um, you can do more of a complex whole grain carbohydrate, but 
when it comes to like a low carbohydrate diet, it's not restricting completely because we do need those resistant starches and whole grain fibers to feed that good bacteria. So don't completely eliminate it. Just pick better sources of carbohydrates. And then those anti-inflammatory diet changes, I was saying that are beneficial. So Mediterranean and a more plant-based um, intake. And those will help to increase that, like I was saying, those microbiota accessible carbohydrates. I'm going to call them max. These are resistant starch foods that will help to reduce inflammation. So as you can see, dysbiosis is a lot about improving the gut diversity of bacteria and along with the products that those bacteria produce and reducing overall inflammation. All right, looking at dysbiosis, a few nutrition takeaways. If it's more of like a fungus such as candida, following the lower carbohydrate diet, incorporating some garlic, grapefruit seed extract, oregano, thyme, those really beneficial spices, coconut oil, and you might also need a prescription medicine. So working with your primary care provider and a dietitian where they can collaborate together and provide a really comprehensive treatment plan for you. If it's more of a bacterial infection, again, looking more of that low-carbohydrate Mediterranean diet, you can incorporate some berberine, garlic, oregano, and then possibly some antibiotics. And then if it's a parasite-type infection, 100% working with your PCP with some prescription meds to get rid of those parasites. Some natural remedies are like wormwood, black walnut, and then other homeopathic medicines. Okay, looking at the benefits of probiotics, I absolutely love probiotics with my history in gut health and gut disorders. This is a go-to along with omega-3s, but the two most influential genera of probiotics is going to be your bifidobacteria and your lactobacillus. Research has shown very beneficial properties from these two families, um, in particular lactobacillus rominus and Parisi, and then a lot of the bifidobacteria um, strains as well. So it is important to find more of a probiotic that has multiple strains of, back, um, of these probiotics instead of just a single strain. They're, they're just, they work a lot better um, together than individually. Potential benefits are decreasing body weight, improved glucose tolerance, that anti-inflammatory response, and it is a protective agent against dysbiosis because you are keeping that biome replenished, and um, you got to follow up with prebiotics here as well, which I'll go over in just a minute. But also, probiotics have shown to affect metabolic pathways, um, such as tryptophan, which creates an increase in serotonin and leading to reduced um, symptoms of depression. So that was pretty cool to read in research. A lactobacillus is effective in treating depression due to its effects on this metabolic pathway and inflammatory markers. So that was just a cool little uh, tidbit. Prebiotics are those soluble fibers, those resistant starches. They even include polyphenols, phytochemicals, poly um, unsaturated fatty acids, and CLA. And just to give you a few food groups, um, foods that are rich in insoluble fiber are going to be like beets, bran, Brussels sprouts, carrots, cauliflower, green beans, green leafy vegetables, roots, uh, root vegetables, nuts, and whole grains such as wheat and rye. 
And you'll probably notice a lot of these foods kind of interchange and cross over, which is why a variety is important um, with dietary intake. So foods that are soluble, um, they're rich in soluble fiber, are going to be like the pulp of an apple, barley, beans, oats, carrots, again, citrus fruits, flaxseed, potatoes, psyllium, oranges, rice, soy, and strawberries. And then um, those really, really prebiotic-rich foods are artichoke, asparagus, avocado, bananas, chia seeds, cocoa powder, eggplant, flax again, garlic, honey, jicama, leeks, legumes, onions, peas, potatoes, radishes, root vegetables, soybeans, spices and herbs, sweet potatoes, tea, such as green, black, and rubios. I highly recommend starting your day off with some fresh herbal tea. Tomatoes, vegetables, and yams. And the list can go on and on. But those are just a few um, that you can start putting on your grocery list and begin incorporating into your diet. The fiber intake for ladies is around 25 grams per day. For men, around 35. Um, getting a variety of those soluble and insoluble rich fiber foods. All right, so wrapping up in summary, I know this was more of a short podcast today, um, but it is rich with content. So I really wanted to focus more on this 5R healing protocol. And the five R's are remove, replace, re-inoculate, repair, and rebalance. You want to remove any pathogens or inflammatory triggers associated with increased gut permeability. Uh, this is what leads over time to that dysbiosis. Such a triggers would be alcohol, food sensitivities. If you're unsure of any food sensitivities, uh, I recommend working with a dietitian and your PCP to work through a low FODMAP diet or even an elimination diet. Um, removing gluten if you are prone or have indicators of celiac disease. So gluten is a protein found in wheat, barley, and rye. Removing refined starches and sugars. Removing saturated and trans fats. So those are the foods found in fast food, baked goods, fried foods, shortening margarine. Food additives. So those are artificial colors, emulsifiers, salts, and solvents. Chronic stress, that's one people tend to kind of overlook. And that even includes like stress from unsupportive relationships. Anything that's going to cause tension um, will reflect in your gut. Removing infections, toxins, and chemicals. These are usually done with uh, medications and treatment plans from your primary care provider. And then certain medications like antibiotics, proton pump inhibitors, NSAIDs, uh, these affect the healthy flora of the microbiome. Refer to your PCP, maybe look for alternatives, see if you can cycle off. You can also work with your PCP for lab work, so those stool tests. You can do a SIBO breath test, hydrogen methane breath test. Um, rule out any pathogens or infections such as fungal, bacterial, viral. Because if the, Those are kind of underlying ones that aren't really noticeable unless getting some testing done. All right, phase two, replace. So you want to replace those triggers with nutrients uh, that will help reduce inflammation and optimize gut health. So eating a balanced diet, incorporating herbs like turmeric, rosemary, garlic, extra virgin olive oil, high fiber foods like fruits and vegetables, nuts, mushrooms, great source of omega-3s um, from salmon, mackerel, herring, trout if you're not a fish eater. Highly recommend that you begin supplementing uh, with an omega-3 uh, supplement. And then 
You can also add in some additional digestive support with digestive enzymes, um, digestive acid like betaine, HCL, ox bile, or create your own bitters. And then also in this replace phase, get in regular exercise and movement and be sure to get about seven to nine hours of sleep at night. Moving into step number three, inoculate. This is where we will reintroduce that beneficial bacteria into the gut. So we don't want to go right in and um, introduce the healthy gut flora because we want to remove any triggers first, reduce inflammation. Um, otherwise, it's not going to be as beneficial. So follow steps one and two and then get to three, re-inoculate. You can do this with probiotic-rich fermented foods such as yogurt, kefir, sour cream, there's also uh, fermented beverages like kombucha, kvass, water kefir. And then soy products like miso, tempeh um, are also great probiotic fermented foods. And then vegetables such as sauerkraut, kimchi, and unpasteurized pickles. Um, if you're not a fan of any of those foods, you can go the probiotic supplement route. I recommend around 20 to 50 billion units of uh, a a product that has multiple strains, specifically those that include bifidobacteria and lactobacillus species. And then you also want to incorporate those prebiotic-rich foods. So that is going to be the food source for those healthy flora. And that includes soluble fiber like inulin, artichokes, leeks, garlic, onion, tofu. You can listen back to that whole list I gave you. And then if you do a supplement route, looking for those fructo-oleogosaccharides, so an FOS on those labels. Moving into number four, repair. So we want to repair the intestinal lining with specific nutrition and medicinal herbs to help decrease intestinal permeability and inflammation. Again, we're working on building a really healthy gut barrier and reducing that inflammation. And so here are just some nutrition, medicinal herbs, and supplements that um, will help restore and repair that. L-glutamine is a really popular one. Marshmallow root, omega-3s, Q-certain, Q-curamin, antioxidants such as vitamin A, C, and D, specifically vitamin D. Get those vitamin D levels checked. It is a big indicator that potentially can lead to IBD in the future. If you're vitamin D deficient, it is a factor that leads to those inflammatory bowel diseases. Intake of zinc, bone broth, protein, EPA and DHA, so some more omegas, even acupuncture, and then again those demulcents such as slippery elm, DGL licorice, and aloe vera. And then wrapping it up with rebalancing. So when we rebalance, we want to again focus on eating healthy, those whole rich foods, more like a Mediterranean plant-based with fruits, vegetables, whole grains, nuts, olive oils, um, lean proteins, get regular physical activity, restful sleep, and stress management. This is where you kind of enter more of a maintenance phase for nutrition. So a few um, minerals and micronutrients that you can add to kind of help boost this maintenance phase would be magnesium, the B-complex vitamins, specifically B6, B12, inositol, and amino acids. And then find a Find something that gives you a sense of purpose, connection, and community. That's a great way to help with stress management. And then physical activities, you can do like prayer, yoga, meditation, tai chi, 
breathing techniques. I've even been introduced to Indian club swinging, which has been uh, pretty cool. It helps stimulate that parasympathetic nervous system and that muscle-mind connection. So find something that's kind of more of like that low-bearing, not high-intensity activity. Stimulate a relaxation response, de-stress, and just feel reconnected. And those are the five R's to a gut healing protocol. I have this protocol saved for clients with specific guidelines and instructions along with those additional tips for physical activity, sleep, and stress management. So if you have any questions regarding gut dysbiosis and the 5R protocol, please feel free to email me at info at thegutvibespodcast.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope this education podcast was very beneficial and that you learned something. If there's a topic that you'd like to share with me and to learn more about, please let me know. Or if you even have a story. that you'd like to share from personally struggling with gut disorders and how you've kind of either overcome them or struggled with them, I'd love to hear it. So thank you guys for listening and I hope you have a great rest of your day.